Daniel chapter 3. You may have read this account sometime in, in your life. Uh, it's, it's one of those stories, accounts in the Bible that even society, our society, even non-believers know of the, the, the account. You, you may even hear the, the metaphor when somebody's going through a, a trial or a really rough time of it's, you're just going through a fiery furnace, that it's, that it's that familiar but even though it's familiar, I think there are things that we can glean from it. Um, not any particular insight that I have, but that the Holy Spirit can still speak to us over something so familiar. Well, let's, let's start reading in, in verse 1 and, and see what's happening. Remember, at the end of chapter 2, Daniel had, had interpreted, had told Nebuchadnezzar his dream. Then he had interpreted the dream. Nebuchadnezzar was so, uh, so thrilled and, and uh, just, I don't know what's a, what's a good word for Nebuchadnezzar's reaction. He, he was elated that now this dream that had been bothering him, he, he knew what the meaning was. But he bowed down to Daniel. But then he also declared that, that truly your God is God of gods, Lord of kings, revealers of mystery. Then Daniel was promoted. His three friends, uh, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael were, were promoted to, to within the kingdom. And, and it says that Daniel remained there in the king's court. Daniel's like the number two guy beneath Nebuchadnezzar. That's where chapter 3 begins. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its, and its breadth, breadth, how about width, yeah. 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent together the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and the herald and the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, horn, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, horn, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. It's hard to read horn and harp in the same sentence and... and because I want to say, whichever one, I got it backwards, I think. At least in my brain it sounded backwards. 
So at the end of chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar was, was uh, it seems, even, even proclaiming or that he has some sort of, of recognition that Daniel's God is the true God. Some say that it was a religious conviction rather than a spiritual conversion, that he, he recognizes Daniel's God is, is real, but how long does it, does it last? You know, one verse, but how many years it is, we really don't know. The, the Septuagint says it's about 16 years later, but, but, but the text really doesn't tell us in the such and such year. So we don't know how, how, how much time has, has transpired. But now Nebuchadnezzar, it would seem, ha, has decided that, that he needs to, to set up this, this golden image. It's, it's as if he's making an attempt to counteract the dream interpretation that Daniel gave him. Remember the dream, the, the, the image that, that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his, in his dream was what? This statue with a gold head and the silver arms and chest and then bronze and then iron and then iron and clay. And Daniel had said, you are the gold head. Nebuchadnezzar, I suppose it's, it's speculation, but that he's like, I can do better than that. I can, I'll be, I'll just make a statue all of gold. And as if he wants to counteract the interpretation of Daniel's dream, that, that Daniel gives him of the dream. It's like, forget the head, I'm going to make the whole statue out of gold to, to represent me. If I'm the gold, then everything needs to be, needs to be gold. Notice the repetition. What words, phrases did, were repeated over and over and over? I guess that's what repeated means, right? But repeated several times. You've got the, the officials, and you've got the, the musical instruments, but what else has been repeated? He set up. What had Daniel said in chapter 2? Daniel, after... after um, Arioch had gone to his house saying that, come on, all of the wise men are going to be torn limb from limb. We're going to tear down your house, and, and you're under a death sentence. And Daniel asked for time and went to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and prayed to God over this, the king's matter. And God answered the prayer. God showed Daniel the dream and the interpretation. And Daniel, back in chapter 2, had immediately gone into this psalm of, of praise and, and worship to God for what he had done. And he said in, in, in chapter 2, verse 20, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. It's the same word. Nebuchadnezzar sets up this statue. Daniel says, God sets up kings, Nebuchadnezzar is saying what? As king, I'm setting up a god. He's, he's, he's got everything backwards. 
and 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 Daniel in recording this, he he throw he uses that phrase. Nebuchadnezzar set it up. That Nebuchadnezzar is trying to to play God here, trying to to establish himself as as one to be worshipped. Now we don't know what the the the, the image looked like. This statue, it's it's tall, ninety feet tall, but but very slim. Nine feet wide. You think, well, a good strong wind is going to blow that over. It's probably on a pedestal and, and somehow secured to that pedestal. Nine, 90 feet is nine stories. I mean, bigger than, you know, any building within how many miles? I don't, should have looked that up. Okay, it's not important. A 90 foot tall. It's on the plain of Dura which is outside of, of Babylon, the city, but they don't know exactly where it is. But there are some famous plains around Babylon. Can you remember any other plain near Babylon that you might have read about or heard about or studied? If you, I'll give you a hint, if you were doing the read through the Bible and you started in January and, and, and started in Genesis, about the third or fourth day, you would have come across a place called the Plain of Shinar. So now you know what I'm talking about, right? The Plain of Shinar. Shinar is an ancient name for Babylon. And the people all gathered together there and said, let's make a name for ourselves. God had said, go forth and multiply after Noah and his, and his sons left the ark. And, and, and at the plain of Shinar, they said, no, let's make a name for ourselves. We will build this tower. This is in the same area. God said, you've disobeyed me. Therefore, I'm going to confuse your language. And say, so they called it the Tower of Babel that their languages are confused. This is in the, the same area. So it's, it's kind of like the people gathering here have this, this goal, this desire, this, this false desire or bad desire to make a name for themselves, to set up themselves as if they are gods. And Nebuchadnezzar is, is doing the same thing. He's setting up this, this image, this gold image, near the city. It's outside the city, but they don't know exactly where. And then, then he sends for all of the, the, the leaders to come and for the dedication of the, the image. We don't have these particular officials. I mean, they, there are some similarities in, in the names for, you know, satraps, prefects, governors, it's, it's just divisions of, of, of the government, people in, in their, uh, you know, their, their responsibilities. But notice the, the, the last phrase in all the officials of the provinces. Nebuchadnezzar has conquered. He conquered Assyria. He conquered Egypt. He conquered Israel and all of the surrounding areas. So he, and then he, he put leaders, governors, officials in, in place to, to rule those areas, to be responsible for those areas. So he's in attempt, it's, it's, it's an attempt to bring in, to unify all of his kingdom. I've got to get them to come together. 
they're going to worship this image that I've set up, and and that will unify our 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 kingdom, my kingdom. So so he does that. He he sends out word. They they bring them all together. When everybody's gathered together, it says the herald then proclaims. You're commanded. It's it's demanded of you. You have to. When you hear the sound of all these instruments, horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, horn, I keep saying it backwards, bagpipe and every kind of music, you're to fall down and worship the, this golden image. Whoever doesn't fall down is going to be thrown into a burning, burning fiery furnace. It's another one uh, of those um, just e e exaggerated uh, uh descriptions remember when when the 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 wise men couldn't tell Nebuchadnezzar his dream it says that he was angry and he was furious well this isn't just your standard everyday burning furnace or a fiery furnace it's a burning fiery furnace this baby is big and it gets hot and it's there's no doubt about what's going on it's it's a burning fiery furnace not your standard burning furnace but a burning fiery furnace and so this herald gets up and he he says this is what we're going to do when when you hear this music <clears throat> the the word biblical commentary says this is kind of poking fun at the, 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 the musical instruments that they, have, that they chose to use. It says that because the, none of these instruments were used in such a combination or individually in Israel's worship. So these are all instruments that Israel, Israel might have used uh, musical instruments, but not in this combination. It wasn't an, an authorized orchestra from Israel's point of view. And so the, so the writer in that commentary says, he's kind of poking fun at Nebuchadnezzar's band. That it's like these are, you know, they're, they're, they're not the type of instruments that we would use. But Nebuchadnezzar chooses them to, to bring the, the people together and to announce the, the, the time of worship for, uh, for, for the image. So everything, everything is moving like clockwork. They've set out the, uh, the, the, the decree. Everybody's gathered there. You have this, this herald proclaim. You know, I'm thinking like a, like a uh, James Earl Jones voice or like Corey was talking about that movie and it was Morgan Freeman or maybe the all, is it the Allstate or State Farm guy, the, the, one of them, you know, this is not the herald, is not the princess bride minister that gets up there in all the pomp and circumstance. You know what I'm talking about? My wedge. And then, I mean, this is like a loud, deep voice, like a Kenneth Pipes bass voice that just, you know, tells everybody what to, it's time when you hear it fall down. And if you don't, Nebuchadnezzar has no you know, probation or, or minimum sentences. If you don't tell me the dream and the interpretation, you're going to be ripped limb from limb. If you don't bow down to my image, you're going to be thrown in a burning, fiery furnace. It's like you don't want to get on his bad side. So they, they, they 
It says, therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound, they, they bowed down. Verse 8, therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you, and they do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. The same Chaldeans that Daniel and his three friends basically rescued from, from the executioner are now pointing fingers back at them. Remember, they could, the Chaldeans, the wise men, the magicians, all of those, all of those uh, in, in Nebuchadnezzar's court when he said, tell me the dream and the interpretation. And they're like, nobody can do this. Not even, you know, the gods can do it, but they don't live among men. And they were set to be, uh, to be killed, to, torn, to be torn limb from limb and until they came to Daniel and he said, let me go to my God. There is a God in heaven who can answer the, the king's uh, mystery, tell the king's mystery. Well, these same Chaldeans, how do they know? It's like when you were young and, and in some kind of group, whether it was family, maybe it was a, a big family reunion and you're going you're gonna to pray and there's one little bratty cousin that says, so-and-so didn't close their eyes when we prayed. I mean, these Chaldeans, how do they know that these, you know, maybe they could bow down and they're looking around. Do they already know to suspect Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You know, they've been working in the king's service for a while, and maybe they know these guys may not bow down. Maybe we can get rid of them, even though they saved our, 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 our hides years back. They've been appointed above us. They've been given positions greater than ours and higher than ours. Now we can get rid of them, and so sure enough, they don't bow down. And they go to, to King Nebuchadnezzar. says they maliciously accuse the Jews. And, and, you know, Daniel's writing this, and he, and he uses that word Jews. It's, it's the anti-Semitic attitudes that people have had for thousands of years. And they said, these Jews who you appointed, they blame Nebuchadnezzar, you appointed them, they won't bow down. They don't pay any attention to you, and, and, and they, won't, they won't worship the, the, the golden image. Verse 13, then Nebuchadnezzar in a furious rage, just like the way Daniel always has two, uh, okay, I don't know if they're adjectives or adverbs, but, you know, two words. He, he was mad and he was furious. It's a burning, fiery furnace. Now he's in a furious rage, not just your regular, you know, 
low-kill rage, but a furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in. So they brought these men in before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, horn, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Nebuchadnezzar Maybe, maybe just a brief moment of, of niceness says, okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you didn't understand. Is it true? Are they lying? Are they just trying to get you in trouble? He, he, he gives them an opportunity. He says, you don't serve my gods. You don't worship the image. One more chance. When you hear all of these instruments again, you know, you, you wonder, had the band already left and started loading up their horns and, and equipment to, to go away? Are they still there? He's, he, he gives them a chance. When you hear it, then you can bow down. Otherwise, you're going to immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God that can save you, that can deliver you? Shouldn't he know We, we don't know, but he was, I'm going to go way out on a limb and say he was obviously not there or there would have been four of them that got called in. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. The only hint is the last verse in, in, in chapter 2. Daniel remained at the king's court that he may have been, you know, his duties kept him in Babylon or he could have possibly been traveling somewhere in, in the kingdom, they say. We don't, we don't know, but he... There's almost zero chance that he was there. I mean, um, knowing Daniel, even what we already know about Daniel's character and 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 faithfulness to the the, the God of Israel, so he 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 tells them one last chance, and and who is the God that's going to deliver you out of my hands? This is the same. Guy, the same king who after Daniel told him the dream and the interpretation said, truly your, your God is the God of gods. But he, he, he has forgotten. Or that was just, what, just, just a fleeting moment. Just, just lip service to, uh, to, to, to Daniel that Nebuchadnezzar was more infatuated with Daniel. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, they don't say King Nebuchadnezzar or O King live forever. They're like, okay, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. 
Nebuchadnezzar says, is it true? Did you not do it? Here comes the music again. Fall down in worship. And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we don't need to answer you. We don't need to reply to this because we are not going to fall down and worship this image that you've set up or any of your gods. And, and you should know that by now. That so our God is able, but even if he doesn't, we will still not do it. What are they saying? They know God is able to deliver them, but they don't know what God's will is. You know, if it's not God's will to deliver us, then we would rather be thrown into the fiery furnace and be within God's will than to bow down and save our own, our own skin than, than to, to go against the will of God. I think it's Dr. Um, Wolverd says that in verse 17 that, that the, the definite article should be removed or the the. the. That, it's, that what they're telling him is more like he's able to deliver us from any fiery furnace not just your, any fiery furnace that, that we may encounter, God will, is able to deliver us from. Okay, let's press on so we can read the whole chapter and then we'll circle back and get, or do we need to stop? No, we don't need to. <laughs> okay. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and the expression on his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. He ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste he declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over their body, the bodies of these men. The hair on their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come into them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve 
and worship any God except their God. Therefore, I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses lain in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So if you take the last verse and how the Chaldeans were probably already jealous, envious uh, of these Jews, these Israelites who had already been promoted, now they're promoted again. It's like they're double promoted. It did them no good. They're in worse shape having pointed out you know, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't, didn't bow down. They thought they were getting rid of them. And, and what happens is they get an even more important job because of their, 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 their faithfulness. But let, let's back up. Nebuchadnezzar, when, when they answer him and say, we will not, he's, he's filled with fury. The expression on his face changes. You see that when somebody gets really mad and they just, you know, they're, they're different blood vessels start poking out and, and, and wrinkles. I don't know, sometimes there's more wrinkles and sometimes there are fewer wrinkles. I guess it just depends on your, your DNA of how your face expands and gets red and he's, he's, he's beyond mad. He's, he's furious. You can see it in his face and he says, heat the furnace seven times greater than normal. Now, was that a, if you were, if you were Nebuchadnezzar, was that a good move or a bad mood, move? Okay, this is not, it's not, this is not too grim or gruesome, but if he wanted to punish them, wouldn't it have made more sense to lower the heat, get it just hot enough that it's going to kill them, but it's going to torture them? Okay, maybe that's just my dark side. Um, you know, seven times it's going to be quicker. Boom, it's just, you know, it's, it's going to be over, but... He is testing God. That's a very good point. I mean, he already knows the God of Daniel, Hananiah, Azarel, Azariah, and Mishael. That, that God's told him his dream through Daniel. But now he said, okay, no, it's, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counteract the interpretation of the dream by making a statue of gold that represents me and Babylon and, and it's... And, and, and if you worship it, you know, forget the gold head that's going to fall. This is going to be the whole image is gold. You know, my kingdom will, will never end. And so he, he, is, he is testing God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who personally know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they don't presume, though, to know his will. Said, yes, he is able. He, he led us out of Egypt. By his mighty hand, our forefathers were delivered from, from bondage. He parted the Red Sea. He, part, he, he parted the Jordan as they went in. And, and over and over and over, God delivered uh, his, his people from um, foreign invaders. Some sent as, as punishment uh, to, to the nation. Moses had warned them in, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 that 
when you are in exile that you will, you'll worship. You'll end up worshiping uh, their gods, false, false gods that, 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 that Moses had told them that was going to happen. It's Deuteronomy 4 and, and verse 25. He says, when you father children and children's children and have grown old in the land, if you act corruptly by making a carved image in, in the form of anything and by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. You will, you will perish from the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess to possess, you will not live long in it, but will be utterly destroyed, and the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you, and there you will serve gods of wood, stone, and the work of human hands that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell, that, that Moses had warned them. You know, the, the, the promises and then the curses uh, that, that, God, that God had told Israel through Moses before they entered the land, that if you are not faithful, if you serve other gods, make gods for yourselves, then I will punish you. I will drive you out of the land. And he's telling them that even when you get there, you will then serve their gods. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we don't know where Daniel is, but there were other Israelites there who, who one would think that they worshiped the golden image, you know. And, and this is the first generation that had come out of, the, of, of, of Jerusalem in, in the exile where they had been worshiping images of, of Baal and, and other uh, false gods for, for, for years and, and generations. There would be one good king, but then there would be two bad kings. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they know God is powerful enough to deliver them, but they don't know God's will. Yet they're resolved not to bow down. Is there an application there for us? We know God is powerful enough to deliver us from whatever fiery furnace we're in, whether it be COVID-19, whether it be a job situation, loss, whether it be an illness, but we don't know his, his per, precise will for that situation. Anybody else? Does, is this reminiscent of any biblical prayer or event Okay, where I was going with that was, how did Jesus pray in the Garden of Gethsemane? Father, if it's your will, remove this cup. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. That's one of those verses you quote kind of in the King James. That, that, but, but Jesus knew God's will, that it was for him to die on the cross, but he still said, you know, God, if you can remove this from me, but not my will, but, but your will be done. And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are, are giving us a, an, an example of, 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 of that. 
prior to Jesus praying basically the same thing. But what is... The main point or the climax or the, or the focal point of, of the whole account to, to you as, and so you can't get, so you won't get this wrong. What do you think is the focal point of the passage? Their, their faith. They don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what will happen. God is in control. Over and over and over in, in, in Daniel, that's the theme. The sovereignty of God. God is in control. Is that something we've lost through the years, that belief or doctrine or ha have things crept into our, to our thinking, our mentality that it's like, that we, do we believe that? I mean, we believe it. Do we, do we act on that belief all, all the time? That one you don't have to answer out loud. I mean, it's like us as individuals, as a family or a church family or a denomination or just believers in the United States of America in 2020, you know, do we always put that at the, the forefront of, you know, our actions I, I think not, and I think a lot of it, we mentioned this previously, that just that idea grew out of the enlightenment of, of you know, man getting smarter and smarter. It's like Corey was talking about this morning of this, this um, uh, society getting, getting better, that, that a post-millennial view would be that, that the world is going to get better, 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 and then Jesus is going to come back. But it's, you look at just the one vision that we've seen so far in the book of Daniel, and it's like, no, it's going like this. And then that rock that's uncut by human hands will, will come out. Interesting, a couple of hundred years before Daniel, Isaiah the prophet was writing to, speaking to and writing to Israel, and in, and in Isaiah 43, verses, chapters 40 through 50-ish are deal with Israel, what Israel should expect in exile, which hasn't happened. They're not, they're not ready for it. It's, it's not really on the calendar, but I, I, God was warning them. He says, but thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by, my, by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. But did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, did they remember that, that 
word from Isaiah? They, they very well could have been, we're probably familiar with Isaiah's prophecy that was primarily to the northern kingdom, but, but also to Judah, the, the southern kingdom. Notice what it said. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the floods, when you pass through the fire, what does that mean? When you do this, you're going to go through the flood, the fire. You're not, God's not going to divert you around. God's not going to lead us to avoid that, but that those type of tribulations are coming. Those types of trials are coming. But what does he promise? I will be with you. Tell me if you, if you see the difference. God could have just with one puff of his breath put out that furnace and cooled it off. God could have changed Nebuchadnezzar's mind. What did he do? He let it happen, but then Nebuchadnezzar looked in and what did he see? A fourth person. Now, we don't know who that is. The, the, the text does not say, Nebuchadnezzar says, looks like a son of the gods. Then he says, looks like an angel. God sent, sent an angel. It could be, you know, a pre-incarnate Christ, a, a theophany, a, a, an appearance of, of, of God the Son before the incarnation. And a, and a lot of, of scholars would say that. Others say, well, no, it was just an angel. It doesn't really matter because what it is is God sent his emissary, what, to deliver them out? No, to go through the fire with them. That's kind of hard to... Let, let that just soak in for, you know, 20 seconds that we, we will go through trials. Sometimes it's not God's will to deliver us from that, but what? To go through it with us. It's like that Footprints poem that everybody's seen. I was going to say everybody's grandmother has it, but, you know, every, I mean, I like the poem, so we may have one somewhere. It's like, you know, it's like, God, there's two sets of footprints. But I noticed when I was going through trials that you abandoned me. There's only one set of footprints. I'm like, no, I didn't abandon you. What? I was carrying you so that we're going to have, you're going to face tribulation, but God is going to, to go through it with us. The main point, the focal point, is that God sent his son to go through the fiery furnace of, of, on, of life on earth on our behalf, that he went through that and sacrificed himself on the cross, died and, and was resurrected so that we don't have to face that, that permanent, eternal, fiery death in, in hell. What else? I mean, do, what, any other observations?
And don't have any idols. <laughs> well, you could. Yeah, we could we could break it down and probably spend as much time in chapter three as we did two. And I have no reason why we didn't do that other than just to go through chapter three quickly or not quickly. But yeah, you could say, what are our idols? You know, do we set up idols? No, we don't set up idols. We don't have nine ninety nine story you know, structures outside that we worship. But idols can be, obviously, things other, other than that. Okay, so we'll move on to chapter 4 next week. Any? Yeah. Okay, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your promise to go through trials and tribulations with us, that you will never leave us or forsake us, that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. In his name I pray, amen.